Welcome to episode two of Broad and Patterson. It's been a while since the first episode. A lot of things have changed and a quick thing about that. I have no clue anymore what will happen with the Eagles and Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. I was very, very for sure and confident in Jalen Hurts after his first and only game starting. And then from there on out, just went backwards. We all know what happened with the Eagles and Giants. We get into that here as I join my friends Ethan Birch and Jeremy Goldstein on their podcast called Under Review. We did a little bit of a mashup here. So it's not just Philadelphia sports this time, but the emphasis is focused on Philly and New York going back and forth, you know, a little rivalry there. And, you know, we ended with the Mets. We ended with the NFL playoff predictions because it is the playoffs. It's a hot topic. And you got to talk about them. You just got to talk about them. So without further ado, here is Under Review and Broad and Patterson 101 podcast mashup. was happening from a football standpoint where do you stand on what the Doug Peterson did in the fourth quarter of that Sunday night game so from a football purely standpoint Mm -hmm. trying to take out every inch of bias I might have and speaking of which I started recording my own uh, Broad and Patterson podcast we are starting that now Uh, it was late late start late start Um, you know my my audition was being a little wonky there it wouldn't let me hit the record button Um, So I don't know why the record button wasn't red. It was just like there. All right. But sorry, back to the point. So early in the week, there's reports out about like the press conferences. And, you know, Doug's out here saying, I'm going to give him some reps. I want to get him some reps because to the Eagles, this game is not very important. Like from a realistic standpoint, this game is not that important. It is just people can make the point of saying, okay. But you can you can eliminate a division rival on your own turf. The Steelers could have done the same thing, but they didn't in Cleveland. So at this point, Jalen Hurts is seven of 20 for 72 yards. I think I have that memorized now because I've had this argument with so many people. Two rushing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, but did throw a pick and had a rating of 25. So from this point and you already go for it, which I wanted him to kick. I, I, I was like, I'm not even surprised because this man has gone for it in so many different and strange situations that I just I'm just kind of I'm just kind of like, oh, OK, this is just going to be another failed attempt or he will succeed and look like a genius, which is what is his his M.O. has been all year. So and they almost converted it. I, I Jalen just yeah, didn't get enough it was, on it. Yeah, better throw, a better yeah throw. he was throwing against his body. He didn't get it. He didn't get his shoulders turned quite in time. In a couple years, Jalen Hurts makes that throw. I think next year he makes that throw. If he's the starter, I have no clue what's going to happen. He should be. I have no clue what's going to happen. He, he probably should be, but I have no clue what's going to happen. And so at that point, you know he wanted him to get him some reps. And then you see Kelsey comes out and says what he says, saying he said, wait, are you putting Suddy in? He said, yeah. Is everybody else staying in? Yeah. Okay, let's go to work. And then he went all, he took all the linemen over, got the cadence down, got the snap down. And Kelsey even admitted to himself as a 10 year all pro NFL vet could do a better job of getting the ball up on his snaps. That was a terrible snap on that fumble. And that's not even Nate Sutfield's fault. It hit him in the shin. <laughs> so in the end, in my personal opinion, I would have liked to see Hurt stay in. I really would have. And if we would lose, we lose. If we lost, if we won, we won. Would have been cool to see him come back and make a, win the game. But at the same time, he set out what he did he wanted to do. Get this guy some reps because he hasn't had any real reps since 2018 against Washington. Ironic. And then the year before, he played against the Cowboys and threw 19 of 24 or 23 or something like that for like 134 yards. Again, I have these stats like basically memorized because I've had this conversation about five times. <laughs> um, so realistically, in my opinion... If they, in fact, tanked, they did it. I mean, it, ha- it happens no all the time. Did. It happens all the time. But if they really, truly wanted to get Sudfeld reps, they did that, too. And it just didn't work because, like, you can't look at Nate Sudfeld and say, oh, he was doing everything on purpose. Like, just, it, like was, just, There's a time and a place. And I understand. Was, He's only done, you're only down by three, and it makes sense to not take him out. 
But at the same time, he just wanted him to get him some reps. And to be fair, the four or three, it was punt, punt, punt. And then that go forward on fourth downs drives. That w- those were the four drives leading up to him getting taken out. So that's my stance on it. I will. Su- I, I'm okay with either way of why they did it. Well, here's what I got to say. If you, if you know, I think this is stupid because there's no reason why he would be in your future plans anyways. Huh. So, but if in reality, if you wanted to give him a look, it's fine. But after three brutal possessions, does that not tell you enough? It's I mean, like no, but <laughs> and it was just wasted like turnover. Brutal. It's not like he had any. There was nothing good he did at all. Oh, he had enough. that. He had that one first down run on the third down. With, with twelve <laughs> seconds left in the game, was that thir- was that twelve seconds left, or was that like there on their second like to last the drive? Very end of the game, where, where Al Michaels literally said, "If the Eagles win this game, I'm going to bring back a line I've, I haven't used in forty some odd years." Which do you believe in miracles? Yes, you don't. Like he's yeah. going to bring that back. The Eagles won. Most famous so blame that Sudfeld had no most place in that game. line in sports history. This guy would have brought back. The Eagles pulled off that win. <laughs> that's what. That's where Al Michaels was was almost going. Yeah, but. In my opinion, I just think there's there was a time and place to play Nets, uh, Nate Sudfeld. And that when you're down three in the fourth quarter in a game where your division rival can clinch the division on your home turf, that's not the time and the place. And I think that Doug Peterson understands that. And I think he understood what he did, what he did. And someone asked me, what, have, what, what would you do if this happened on like, one o'clock? I would have been like, it still would have got the attention. It's the no, fact that he did it on national stage. No, 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 the no. fact that he did it on the national stage, it makes him look so bad. I think Doug Peterson is in a bad spot for him personally around the NFL. There's a lot of people around the NFL who are very upset, and it's not only Giants. They, they it's, should be. It's people that understand the sport that are just upset with what Doug Peterson did. The circumstances of this season, how you finally got 17 weeks, you didn't expect it with this proto. You played a game on every single day of the week for the first time in 50 years in the NFL, literally since the Super Bowl era started. We played on a Monday through Sunday. Everyone's been on a game on every single day. And what the what each player had to go through throughout this entire season to get it done was beyond no hanging out with family, no hanging out with this, missing your kids party. And the fact that we weren't able to compete for 60 minutes in the final game of the season. I just find disappointing. And it's not only because I'm a Giants fan. I think that no matter what would have happened, it was just a disappointing end. The whole night was kind of just deflated toward the end when the, even the broadcasters, Al Michaels and Chris Collins, were, were just upset with what was happening. It was disappointing because of all the protocols you go through. And from a Giants fan, it just makes me even more upset. Well, but for, explain, really, explain, but, explain how that relates to the Jags and the Jets. Now you can't just sugarcoat and say, well, "Oh, well, they're not doing anything either." Starting zero and nine and zero and ten to a point. Okay, like, but they still okay. You go through. You go Jack through West all. Won their first game and then lost the next fifteen. Oh yeah, they, they lost fifteen in a row. Yeah, but they still went out and tanked. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts, and everybody always laughed at everything that they did. And here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. You're going to, you're going to bring up, you're going to bring up here. You're going to bring up all those things about what we're going through this year, trying to make these games work. And you, you run a cover zero blitz on a hail Mary. That was a tank. tank. Nobody, nobody got this pissed. Nobody got this pissed. No, it did not get that much. Everybody laughed. Everybody was laughing. Yeah, it was also like, didn't have the playoff infl- implications. Both it, of, yeah, that's true. The Steelers like the did the same thing. They they started Mason Rudolph. It's a, they yeah, could have eliminated a division rival. That's also because they're already in the playoffs. The Eagles were playing for for a three three spots in the draft. That's, that's huge. Not, not much sense. That's huge. I just, want, I just want to make one thing clear. I'm I'm going to go out and say. The Giants technically, they really didn't deserve to make the playoffs. No, they only had six wins. That well, too. Course, that's not the that's, that's why I wasn't upset as I thought I would be. Because in reality, the I'm 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 truly happy with where the Giants are as a franchise, and I think they are getting better. But I I just per- wanted to see Daniel Jones in a playoff game. But at the end of the day, did they deserve to make it? No. So can I live with it? Yes. I was just upset with the way the Eagles went about it. But you can technically interpret it any way you want to. There's been also a lot of other times where this has happened and nobody batted an eye that much again because it happened on the big stage. And there's worse situations where guys get yanked 
before they even get their incentive, like an incentive payment because they don't get it. It's a big of a deal. I think it still would have been. I think it still would have been. But the fact that it was on prime time just made it three times worse. It wouldn't have been as big of a deal. Everybody would have just been distracted. Actually, yeah. Yeah, Everybody would have been distracted by everything else because everybody's eyes would have been on Dallas and the uh, and the Giants. And then everybody else's eyes would have been on Cleveland and Pittsburgh. I went through the the motions of that game. I was that when Goldman fumbled after that run. I'm like, oh, my really touch my heart take it twist it grab it and then put it back into place the giants do that better than anyone like let's be like let, let's be honest here if the cowboys won that game nobody would also be as pissed because everybody hates the cowboys i think the cowboys players would be just like the giants players on twitter no yes i said that the players would have been He's saying that not many but people the, like the oh, rest. Oh, the rest of the yeah, NFL world. So it's all situational. I think a lot of and, have been know. like, wow, like, haha, the American. I would have loved it. I would have loved it if it was the Cowboys. I'll be honest. I oh, loved yeah, it. I would have loved that, it either that, way. That's also that's when the fan standpoint comes into play because that's when we're like, oh, it was, it was our team that's going to hurt our heart, and that's where you have to understand. But, <laughs> also, you have the Jason Kelsey presser from December where he said it's a disgrace if you don't go out and do your best to win the game. But do you, but yes, but he still coached. Them, he still coached design the plays. And no, and that's why there's a problem. That's why yeah. there's a problem. There's yeah, that's that's the big problem for me. Hurt should have stayed in the game because at the end of the day, it's he so could do the best chance. If to win. rival game, if, if they put Wentz, I know Wentz was inactive, but if they put Wentz in, then then fine. I understand that. Yeah. What do you mean Hurts was taken out? Did you say Did you say Hurts or Hurts? Did you say Hurts was taken out, or did you say Hurts? Hurts. Oh. I was sorry. I was confused. Ertz and Ertz. Oh my <laughs> I God. thought you were talking about how you like how taking Ertz out too. I was Zach like, Ertz, I, I know you're going to miss him in Philly, but he really regressed. Yeah, yeah he did. Yes. This year he battled through one injury, was out three weeks, can't get off coverage Goddard's, anymore. Goddard's a good tight end to have, I think, and you got to move on from Ertz. Yeah, yeah I mean, Ertz will. won't be coming back anyway, I don't think. No. Well, it's a he's, he has a year left. They have to trade him. Oh, okay. Yeah, either right. trade or cut so, him. Let's move on. Let's talk about some NBA basketball. We obviously have a 76ers fan here on the show, and they took a pretty bad loss against a KD Kyrie Liss Brooklyn Nets. And then on the other hand, the New York Knicks have been one of the hotter teams in basketball and a lot. They've been a lot of fun to watch as well, which is so much fun. Jeremy opened up with <laughs> RJ Barrett. And he's been disappointed. He's not even he's, he's not even he's not even playing well. He's not even the most surprising player. How about Austin Rivers? Let's Austin talk about Rivers. him right now. We Austin worship Rivers him. was for 14 consecutive points in the fourth quarter to give the Knicks the lead late, and they would end up closing out and taking down the Utah Jazz. The Knicks find themselves at 5-3. and three. They compete tonight against in a very winnable game against the OKC Thunder. They're favored. Knicks? I mean, excuse me, Jeremy, why don't you take over the Knicks talk first? I mean, this is this is everything I ever wanted. Going into the, the season, I was never this high on the Knicks. I, I thought I wanted to trade Randall, but now Randall's playing like an all-star. Mm-hmm. Having he's he he gets close to a triple double every day. He's averaging a double double. Mitchell Robinson against the Jazz played forty-one minutes, his most minutes of his career, and then. They were down 18 in this game. They came all the way back. Alfred Payne is providing them more scoring than we could have ever imagined. 22 points last game, 10 for 15 from the field and a plus 25. The only concern I had is the injuries. Reggie Reggie Bullock's been playing hurt. Alec Burks is out. Nerlens Noel is out. Obviously, Obi Toppin is out. I wish Obi Toppin could be playing. And the Knicks were throwing out rotations of eight guys last night, the last couple of games. And Manuel quickly only played five minutes. Knox only 15. So the Knicks did have to sign Taj Gibson, which they just did, and he'll he'll back up Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle until New Orleans Noel does come back. But yeah, as long as they're playing like this, I'm fine. RJ's got to work on his shot, and the three point is three point has been very inconsistent. But Austin Rivers is the leader that no one expected to have. A, a veteran guy, 28 years old, never really a star in the league or an above average player, but he's having the best year of his career so far, and I'm very happy with where the Knicks are. And they're on their way to my goal going into the season of getting into that playing game. I think what the Knicks are doing right now is so special because it's such a young group of guys and they're kind of led by a guy like Austin Rivers. And who expected Austin Rivers to be able to guy come in New York and kind of rile these guys up? And it's so cool watching guys like Reggie Bullock run down the run down and chase balls into the other side of the court. You know, there's hustle. A lot of hustle on this team. These guys want to win. And what I really like this season is the progression from Mitchell Robinson, not really getting himself into too much of foul trouble. He's yeah. Only two fouls last game in 41 like, minutes. 
he's playing so he can be effective in the fourth quarter because that's something Mitchell Robinson has never really been able to do due to his foul trouble. Also, Austin Rivers is an absolute leader on this team. Julius Randle, people wanted him to on the Knicks wanted him to get traded, but he's been playing so good that his trade value is just increasing, which is excuse me is making this so. If he gets traded now, I'll be pissed. Yeah. yeah, if you trade him now, it's like why? <laughs> this dude's an MVP front runner. Or, Literally, no, Canada, Knicks, not front runner. What, what what the Knicks organization needs is a playoff appearance because they haven't had one in so long. If you trade Randall, you're losing that chance. Mm-hmm. But yeah, exactly. The we Knicks, might see we might see every Eastern Conference, every Atlantic Division team make the playoffs as long as the Raptors get it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Raptors are struggling right now, but they have a pretty they have a they have a decent matchup today. I think they might be able to pull it off. I forget what they were looking at. But staying on the Knicks, it's just all been clicking. Yes, R.J. Barrett needs to work on his shooting because he's either one of the best shooters in the league or one of the worst shooters in the league. You know, he's never been a great shooter. <laughs> I'm sorry. When he, shoots, when, he, when he plays in Indiana, he is. Yeah, fair. I mean, that's something else. But Clay, what are your thoughts on the Knicks 5-3 and three start? Well... I'm very, very, very surprised. I will say RJ Barrett's been pretty, like, he hasn't been this hot, like, all year. I remember when he played against us, he's like, what, one of 11? But, you know, yeah, I, I think know. it's, he, I think it's pretty, sh- game. yeah. I think it's, I, I feel like since that game, the Knicks have just kind of like skyrocketed. You know what I mean? Yeah, they beat the, the day, the day after the Sixers game, they beat the Bucks by 20. Yeah. So I, it's kind of an analysis. It's just, it's all surprising because I just never expected it after those first few games. Like everybody's like, oh, the Knicks are doing good. Oh, we lose at half. Oh, the Knicks are doing good. We lose at half. And then all of a sudden, oh, the Knicks are doing good. Holy crap, we won the game. And then it just kind of kept going on and on. And you're not, you don't even, like you said, you don't even have Toppin. Um, I don't, didn't Randall like not play one of the games you guys won too? No, no, he played. Uh, he's played every game. Okay. I thought, yeah, I just remember I heard him say, League in minutes. Okay. I thought I heard somebody say he got hurt for one game. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's honestly also, insane. The, 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 the Knicks lost the game against Philly. They lost the opener against Indiana, and they lost the game against Toronto. Those are the three losses they have. It's ironic that Toronto's only wins against the Knicks. But in all three of those L's, the Knicks have been very close at half. They've had, like, you remember the Sixers game. It was they, they were They were leading by, like, five or four. Yeah, yeah, at one point, yeah. So it, it's just that the third quarter, they weren't able to come out strong, and these teams who are good just took advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And the big thing to me is Tom Thibodeau was so controversial when he was hired, but I liked it because my whole thing was the Knicks keep hiring coaches that are young and don't necessarily know how to make a young team win. Tom Thibodeau's a top 10 winningest coach of all time and knows how to win. Mm-hmm. That's how you teach young players to play well, having coaches who have been there before and have developed guys successfully in the past. No more experimental coaches. Got to hire somebody who's done it. Tom Thibodeau's wanted the Knicks job for a long time, and he's finally got it. And I think he's going to be the head coach for the rest of his coaching career. I think that, that actually pinned it right on it, Jeremy, because there's such a culture in all kind of sports, bringing in the younger generation, like the younger guys who are even having a closer relationship. Even on the other side of New York, Steve Nash was brought in as the head coach of the, the Nets. It's like the younger group that you think is going to work out. And for a team like the Nets, maybe that'll work. For the Knicks, it won't because they're a team that doesn't know how to win yet. And that's exactly what you said. You really pinned it on it. Tom Thibodeau really has been showing that he's the guy for the Knicks and really can lead this young group to maybe take that next step up of being an average team and maybe take it to be a team that can compete on an everyday basis. So let's move over. We'll go to the 76ers. The 76ers have a re- had a really hot start until last night when they took a pretty bad loss to the uh, Nets team who didn't even feature Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant last night. Kevin Durant is facing a little bit of COVID protocol, so he's out until next week. Kyrie Irving... Or the Nets going to play tonight? Personal. Sorry? Do you think the Nets play today? If they all test negative, yeah, they probably will. If they don't, then if they have like one or two positives, they'll probably just one out of precaution, I bet. Yeah, they have a matchup today. So they're playing today? Yeah, they're supposed to play the Grizzlies, the Nets. And the Sixers don't play today. We're supposed to play tomorrow. The Sixers play against the Nuggets. They're supposed to play them tomorrow. Uh So... Yeah, so let's talk about Perfect. This. The Sixers could tire out the Nuggets for the Knicks on Sunday. Nice. <laughs> that might what happen. But... Play on Sixers in regards to the East as a whole. All right. So the Sixers, for one, I don't think we have the best record anymore now. I think we still they do. do. They do. Is they it do. Still, the we still have the, the best East, one? They do. 
Yeah, seven and two. Everybody, two of the, the Magic and the Pacers are six and two. Okay. Magic Pacers six and two, and in the West, the Suns are six and two. So the, the Sixers, they've played one more game, but they yeah. do have the best record right now. Okay, so at first against the Wizards, it wasn't pretty, but we got the they got the job done and they closed it out. And then against the Knicks, I don't know if that was a second that was a second game or the th- that was a second game. Second, game. yeah, it was. So yeah, how do you know more about my team than? Because I just assumed so. Yeah, it was a second game, but then we kind of closed that out in one by 20. And then, of course, we did the usual thing where we played down to a team's level and get blown out by the Cavs. And I was just like, all right, here we go again. New coach, same old, same old. Tobias Harris wasn't playing well. All of a sudden, the two shooters we went on got aren't shooting well. Ben Simmons is doing the same old, same old. And then we go and play the Raptors. And it's close throughout. And then we just blow them out through the fourth quarter to handle them there. And then the Magic, we go to Orlando. And we have, I don't remember the last time we even won in Orlando to begin with. And we and we go there and just absolutely blow them out. Like, there was, it wasn't close at all. And we it was on New Year's Eve. And for some reason, of course, on New Year's Eve, Ben Simmons and Dwight Howard both hit threes in the same game, which That's is so. If you would have ever bet that in your life, I don't know what you would have been thinking, but it worked out. If you ever have, I doubt. I don't think anybody would have ever done that. And then we play Charlotte back to back, blow them out both times. Then we play the Wizards and in a shootout, allow Bradley Beal sixty points, but Ben Simmons was not guarding him for some odd reason. I don't know why. And who, by the way, his defensive stats against individual players has been insane. Not letting anybody shoot for once against the Knicks, R.J. Barrett was locking him up for the most part uh, when he was guarding him. Well, the whole time yep. because Barrett just played bad that game. Yeah, that was his worst game of the year. And then we get to the and then we get to last night. To be fair, we didn't have Seth Curry because uh, apparently, and you know, apparently Seth Curry has a brother named Steph. I didn't know that. And <laughs> Seth is coming in averaging 17 and he's like 59 and a half from three and 60 percent overall. And we don't have him because of a sore ankle. He called it. No, uh, he it was because of a sore ankle is why he was kept out first. And then they found out in the first quarter he had tested positive and went out and played, went to isolation. They're lucky, they're lucky his ankle was injured then. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, like people were like, whoa. He's all around the Sixers on the bench, probably talking to him and all this and that. Well, maybe. I don't know how protocol goes when you get out, when you go to timeouts, if you're all just sitting there or not. I haven't paid attention to that. But I mean, for that argument for sake, I mean, you've already played with the other team for a quarter. You might as well just figure, finish it out at, at that point. But we don't play Kyrie because Kyrie just said, I just didn't want to play. Like, OK. Yeah, Kyrie had a one out from some random person. It was because it was of the capital, uh, the um, there. I never even I didn't see that. I only saw one quote that just said I just didn't want to play. I was like, OK, um, he's, out, he's out for Memphis tonight, too. Yeah, I saw that he didn't fly with the team. Um, and then, you know, obviously we don't have KD because he's already in protocol for a week, uh, which sucks because he's on my fantasy team uh, somehow. And, and Curry, who is now out with an ankle or both, I have both Curry's actually. And now they're both out because stuff is day to day. So it's just, it's just great. It's just great. And I was already on, I was already won my first game and I'm up on this game and now it's just going great. And, and so, and so, um, last night, we it just was the same old Sixers from last year. It wasn't what we saw earlier and I don't chop it up to, you know, just, I, it's just the same old nemesis. The second game of back-to-backs, they never, ever play well. And 20 turnovers does not help you at all. <laughs> like, that, that's just their MO. When they give up that many turnovers, they're lucky to win. Um, and it was like a 30-point differential in turnovers and points off of turnovers, I think, for the Nets. when they. I think that's how many points they had, which doesn't help at all in Joe Harris. When Joe Harris is driving and cutting through your defense and scoring at the, at the, at the, at the rim, you know you have problems. And then, of course, Dwight Howard fouls out early. And then all of a sudden, these backups come in and get it down to eight. But then they never got anywhere closer. And I swear, every time it got to 12 points differential, it just went back down or stayed there for a solid two minutes. It, was, it wasn't it was a good game. They played down to a team's level. They looked tired. And I think they kind of wasted some of their starters' uh, tire tracks there on the in that fourth quarter. They're, they just didn't have a rhythm. They weren't in chemistry. I do think, in fact, they probably were missing Seth. Uh, Embiid and Ben were trying to do too much. There was that one time where Embiid wasn't even on guarded by Allen. 
it might have been Jeff Green, honestly. And he backed him down, but then he turned into a spin fadeaway at the baseline. I'm like, dude, you're bigger than everybody else out there. And you're on a smaller guy already. Why not just take him to the block? It was just the same. It was just stuff we've seen in the past with Brett Brown that came back. And I'm sure somehow, whether another over Zoom, over call, I don't know how, Doc probably got ripped into him for it because it just wasn't the same Sixers I saw the first eight games. So I'm hoping they fix it, fix it come the Nuggets if they, in fact, play the Nuggets because it's a huge game because now there's no excuse if you would win because they have all their guys. But now you have to come back and prove that you are this team. You Embiid is an MVP candidate and that MVP player and everybody just needs to come out in full force and no lagging around this time. And I think you have those games as a team. Uh, they just, they yeah. just come. You're not going to be perfect. You're not going to win every game. No. I'm not concerned about the Sixers. They're a very good team. They're a, they're a threat. They're a finals contender in the East. I wouldn't make too much of that Nets game, honestly. It, it, there's a lot. You see, you, you, you were picking at a lot of things. And again, that's all going to happen. Uh, when the Knicks lose, they're going to lose. It's going to be sad, but... It's, it's, it's inevitable, is what I'm saying. So I think yeah, the Sixers yeah. also play almost every single night. Yeah, yeah and you're not you're going to have bad games. <laughs> you're not, not everybody can be the Golden State Warriors of what 2016 is that when it was that when was they went incredible. when they went 70 something like four year stretch. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because like the night the night before is just the complete opposite for their offense. That I mean, their defense wasn't as good. They allowed 136 points, um, but that's all because of Bradley Beal. You cut his points in half, and you're you allow 106. Um, but I mean, when your first when your starting lineup is Harris with 19, Embiid with 38, Simmons with 17, Green 15, Curry 28, and then Shake off the bench with 19. You know, you're gonna win about every game doing that. And then you, it's it's like it's not an inconsistency thing. I think they peaked for how their stretch of how good they were playing. And then it's just the fact that they went back to back and it just it's kind of weird how an NBA back to back the second games can always be that bad for teams, you know, depending on how tired they are. And it's just kind of crazy because, I mean, you see players play like baseball. It's obviously it's a different game. But you play like like four or six or five days out of seven out of a week. But then in the NBA, if you play back to back, the second day is always not as good as this first day. It's just kind of funny to me. Nets um, played back to back, I believe, too last night. So both teams were. Well, no, the Nets the Nets played today. Oh, that's played today. I'm pretty sure they, they played. Do. Yeah, that's what I said. They played the Grizzlies today, and Kyrie didn't fight with the team to Memphis. Yeah. No, this is their this is their third day in a row of playing. Memphis. No, they played the Jazz on Tuesday. They played the Jazz on Tuesday. Had a oh, day off. Okay, yeah. Okay. Last night was Thursday. Okay. I yeah, because because yeah. the Nets and the Knicks both beat the Jazz on back to back nights, and then so okay. the Knicks beat them on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, the Nets play. They, they beat the Sixers, and then today's Friday, so they play the Grizzlies. Yeah. So it's three games in four days. This is crazy. Sports is making me realize what days of the week it is now again. You it know, is. because of like 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 the NFL really didn't help with that because it's just one day of the week. But the NBA, all of a sudden, you know which days are which again after the quarantine. It's just like what day yeah. is it? Are Tuesday? You back no, to it's Friday. Huh? Am I going, huh? Are you coming back to school this this semester? Yeah, I'm going. I'm moving back to 25th. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm going on the 20th. What, if if hey, sports what? do come back, and if they, yeah, I, I got I I got an earlier day. Uh-huh. <laughs> but when when sport, if sports do come back and and there are games and we can we can start working games again, that'll oh, help too. And dude. I guess we're gonna have to know which days we have to. It's gonna be fun. If we can just have some baseball. And I can just if I can just if I can just call one baseball game. They had a meeting yesterday saying that the sports are uh, ready to go for the spring, right? What happens? Because I I we I we're sophomores. We didn't get any of that last year. So if we can get if I can get that this year, I'll be so happy. Look, I didn't. What was it? I was trying to. I didn't really see anything about that. But are they doing any winter sport type of action in the spring, or is it just spring sports? Like, I feel like you could have like exhibition basketball games. You know what I mean? No, I think they will do that. I was talking to Steve Durr about that. They'll probably they'll probably end up doing that. Steven Durr. I fun fact, I I went to Steve's high school. Oh, okay. Yeah, we 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 were in the same town. Yeah. Mm, nice. All right, nice, let's nice. get back on track. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, we'll move that on. was a fun conversation. We'll move on to the NFL. Let's talk about the Super Wild Card weekend. Let's go game by game. Yeah, how about we, we go game, we'll all go around and, and say. Free yeah, we'll, then we'll have a little yeah. talk about it. So we'll start with the first game, of course, and that's when the Indianapolis Colts will take on the Buffalo Bills in Such Buffalo with 7,500 fans. Bills Mafia Such will get a lick of a little playoff action and 
how they'll get to see in person how good Josh Allen's been playing this year. And in my opinion, I'll start it off. Who will keep this up? The, I, this is the one game where I'm very – well, one of the few of the games that I'm very confident in. I think the Buffalo Bills are the second-best team in the AFC, and they'll prove that this week. They'll handle the Colts, a team who struggles offensively. Yes, their defense is definitely very competitive and good. One of the better defenses in football the Colts have. But Josh Allen has been playing on a level of football that we haven't seen this year that we haven't seen Josh Allen ever be on. And it's really fun to watch. There's three really solid receivers. One of the best in the league, Stephon Diggs. Cole Beasley's been top 10 statistic-wise. And, of course, John Brown made his way back into the lineup last week. He plays very good football. Josh Allen has thrown two double-digit double digit receivers. That's the most by any quarterback. He's thrown different touchdowns to uh, 12, or different, 12 or different people. Excuse me. And defensively, they're they're a loud team. They play loud. And I think this Buffalo team will roll through, especially when they get some fans in the stadium. I'm excited to see what the Buffalo Bills do on Saturday. Yeah, I, I agree with the Bills. I'll go into that for a sec. But if you want me to interrupt them, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do it. The NFL just came up with their AP first team all pro. If you want me to read it to you. All right, go ahead. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers, running back Derrick Henry. Receivers are Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, tight end Travis Kelsey. Off the tackles, Bakhtiari and Conklin. Offensive guards, Quentin Nelson and Brendan Sheriff. Center, Corey Lindsley. Defensive ends are Miles Garrett, J.J. Watt. Defensive tackles, Aaron Donald and DeForest Buckner. Linebackers, Fred Warner, Bobby Wagner, and Darius Leonard. Quarter, cornerbacks, Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey. Safeties, they had three. Minka Fitzpatrick, Tyron Matthew, and Buda Baker. Kicker, Jason Sanders. Punter Bailey, I forgot who the first name is for him. Kick returner Cordero Patterson and punt returner Gunnar Oshetsky. I agree with all of that. Mm-hmm. Yo, shout out, shout out, uh, Dave Bakhtiari. You know, dude tore his yeah. ACL. It's a damn shame. Yeah, but back to the playoffs. Buffalo Bills. I totally agree. I just don't like Philip Rivers in a playoff game for this Colts team. I, I think Jonathan Taylor is definitely good. But Buffalo has just been dominating teams left and right, especially at the end of the season. They're on such a hot streak. I don't see them missing a beat against Indianapolis. Agreed. What do you think, Clay? So you guys kind of said it all, but I do think this game will be closer than what I think a lot of people are imagining. I think it's going to come down to both offenses and how well they take care of the football. And I'm going to bank on Phillip Rivers throwing multiple interceptions. And that'll be the reason why they lose. Because I think the Colts defense is legit and it's like that good. But I still think it won't be enough to stop uh, that Bills offense. But I also don't think the Bills defense is good enough to hold off the Colts o- Colts offense for the whole game until like that last maybe one or two key drives where Rivers just makes a classic Rivers interception. You know what I mean? So when you uh, when you when you rely on a defense to take you to the Super Bowl. You have to look at some of the defenses that have already done that, like the Eagles a couple years back, the Broncos a couple years back, the Giants a decade ago, and what how good their defenses were. And I don't think this Colts defense, at least the offense, will hold down the fort for them. Uh, I can't just talking on an Eagles standpoint. I don't think our defense wrote us to, to that Super Bowl, especially in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it certainly helped. Especially, especially in they we had an okay defense. Our J- Jim Schwartz, honestly, if we lost the Super Bowl, he would have been fired the next day. Or the next, that week, I, I, in my opinion. Um, but I just had to throw my two cents two cents in on that. <laughs> Jeremy, any final thoughts on that? Nope, I'm ready to move on. Yep. All right, um, so next game up is the Seattle Seahawks versus the Los Angeles Rams. And this is actually a good – Jared Goff is listed as officially questionable. I believe Cooper Cup will be coming back after a close COVID protocol after missing week 17, but he should be back and active. But this is the division matchup. Seattle is favored as they will play in Seattle. No fans, however, still, I don't believe. <laughs> Who do you guys have winning this game? I'll start with Clay. This one would be closer if Goff plays, but if he doesn't, Seattle's going to, you know, they're, they're going to take over. They're not going to let the Rams do anything on offense. Um, and I think Russell Wilson's going to go enter a new mode where him and DK and Lockett are just going to, click all together and just go off along with Chris Carson. will probably dominate that running game. I think they're going to be able to handle Aaron Donald. They're going to make it, they're going to make it a priority 
because when it comes to playoff time, you got to focus in on the teams you're playing, their best players. And they're gonna we're going to see a lot of doubles on Donald as usual. Um, I think he'll probably sneak in a sack or two, but I think we're going to see a next level Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf go off after the slump they were in in that last December. And especially without Jared Goff, I think that defense is going to come in come in hungry and I think uh, Jamal Adams is going to have two sacks that game because he's going to be able to blitz and they're not going to be able to pick it up so I'm going to go with Seattle probably by like four or, or a touchdown what do you think Jeremy I'm going to agree with Clay again here Seattle they're my Super Bowl pick uh, the only concern I did have for them going into the game was in the his previous two games Russell Wilson didn't throw for 100 yards in the first half and they were constantly going three and out, and then he figured it out in the second half with two touchdowns each. I think, again, John Wolford, I, even if Goff plays, I think he does hurt the team because he's not going to be 100%. And he, 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 he wasn't having a good season as is for Goff's standard. And I think Seattle, they're just too well-rounded. The defense has really improved since the middle of the season where they were considered to be a bottom feeder. And again, I, the, the experience of the Seattle team is great. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett are great receivers. Chris Carson's a good running back. They have Rashad Penny back as well. I, I just think Seattle's the team that trumps the Rams here, and I don't see it going any other way. I think when you're playing against a team like the Rams, uh, on the offensive end, you need to focus specifically on two aspects. You need to focus on Aaron Donald, and you need to focus on Jalen Ramsey. Because if you're able to attack those and actually maintain those two guys, you can win the football game. The fact is, can you do that? And DK Metcalf is going to have, I'm expecting him to have an extremely hard time as he has both times they played him this season. DK Metcalf has struggled against the Rams specifically because of the Jalen Ramsey shadow. Also, Wilson has had trouble against this team, specifically having to move out of the pocket in second half of games because of Aaron Donald. This offensive line that he stands behind is not very good. But I still expect the Seahawks to win this game because I know who Russell Wilson is, and I still believe he's a top-five quarterback in the National Football League. Even though he hasn't played up to that that statistically, he still is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And he's been playing very well in the second half, and what I think the Seattle Seahawks team needs is a Tyler Lockett receiver that's not just going to be unheard of throughout the entire game. Lockett had played a sensational game last week, 12 catches, 90 yards, and two touchdowns. They're going to need him to be active because when the eyes are off of DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett's the guy to step up because Tyler Lockett is still a well-respected receiver in this league, and it seems like the second half of this year, we really haven't heard his name up until last week. He needs to be ready for him. Also, the Seattle Seahawks love to run a power Love the power back. They, they've always loved it ever since Marshawn Lynch with Russell Wilson. They have it again. They have a healthy Chris Carson. They need to be able to use that on short situations like second and third down. Need to be able to use Carson and also have that option for Wilson to run because Wilson can run, although he doesn't do it as first intention. He can definitely run the football. He's still got that in him. And it's Russell Wilson. He's an elite quarterback, and he will prove that this Saturday, in my opinion, when they take down the Rams. But we all go against it, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams end up pulling this out because I will. Very good football team, an underrated football team. So that's also they, fair to say. If they were able to pull this off, I wouldn't be shocked, but I do think Seattle will win along with all you guys. Moving on. An interesting game, Washington football team hosting Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and quote unquote, Chase Young wants Tom Brady. I want Tom Brady, a strong, bold statement from a very young football player. Clay, I see you like that. What are your thoughts on that statement by Chase Young? I like it. I like it a lot. You know, this dude, it pains me because it's, it's the, it's the football team. It's Washington, but I really like Chase Young. I like his attitude. The dude's a rookie and his name, the captain. Uh, there, there's all this word about him being, you know, their most, uh, their, their biggest leader, their most influential leader. He's always focused. He's all football, all business all the time. And like he said himself, like, why wouldn't I want to play the goat? <laughs> like, I want to tell my kids I played Tom Brady in the playoffs, but I think he's going to use the extra motivation of I beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. That defense is looking good. I think Darby's going to get, you know, you know, his second win, like another comp, like a, like a payback for that last time the Eagles played the Patriots uh, when he was with us. He's going to get another – he's going to get payback along with, with Fuller on the outside. I think Kerrigan's probably going to get a get a big play in that game. You know, he's been a little quiet this year, like it, only because of um, Chase, Chase Young and Chase, – Yeah, Chase Young and Montez Sweat I think are each going to – I think there's going to be like four sacks on Brady, honestly. 
I think they're going to mix it all up, and I think they're going to throw some stuff mm-hmm. at the that Bucks offensive line. And you know, it's going to be Worfs versus versus Young and Montez Sweat and, and Kerrigan. Those are going to be all eyes are going to be on him. And I think you know, I like Worfs. He's playing really good, and I like to side on the offensive line a lot on offensive lineman's cases a lot more. But I think there's going to be a time where he makes a couple of mistakes, and Chase Young's going to make him pay for it. And I think Alex Smith is going to do enough to be a game manager. You know, he's they're holding him out, not out. They've been holding him kind of in and out of precaution of practices just for that, like I said, precaution. Apparently, he said he's never felt, I guess, stronger about his legs, even, even though right now, you know, with running around and stuff like that. I think I think the, the Bucks are going to come in, you know, thinking they have an easy win. I think they're going to underestimate him. And I think they're going to get a shock. And I think the Redskins are going to pull one out on a key. On the, the game will end in a Redskins defensive stop inside the 50-yard line. So they're going to be in the – I think they're going to be in Redskins territory. And I think there's going to be another big strip sack on Brady to stop this season from him. And I think, honestly, overall for the Bucs, I think they're getting too much hype. I think too many people are calling them the like Super Bowl favorites. Like they didn't even win their division. They couldn't beat the Saints. And I think that they're going to come into this game just too focused on trying to go play the Saints that they're going to lose this. They're going to wind up losing this game. I think they're going to be. Uh, I think they're going to underestimate the, the Redskins. And I think Terry McLaurin and J.D. McKissick and Gibson could could have good days. And Logan Thomas. Don't count on Logan Thomas. This dude's playing out of his mind for a former quarterback. Well, here this is the first screen we're going to have. And again, this is not biased. I do understand the Washington football team. Their defense is very good. However, Tom Brady is. Red hot regular regular season. He might be without Mike Evans. I get it, but look at what Antonio Brown did last game. I mean, yeah. that was that was impressive. I know that Falcons weak secondary, but Antonio Brown, if he can be effective for that team, there's no doubt in my mind he could be effective in the playoffs. Because look, I understand you want to hype up Washington. May have a lot of likable players, even though I don't like any of them. Because you know, no, it's the same thing for me. Like Chase yeah, Young is yeah. like the only one I can like somewhat like because of how yeah. dominant good he is. But He's I, just fun to watch. I, I, I just don't think. Well, I, look, the Eagles. Didn't play their full strength defense last week. That's not why I'm rooting for Washington. No, no, <laughs> that's no, 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 not. No. That's what I think is gonna happen. Listen, what I have to say: Alex Smith could not move in the pocket last week. Mm-hmm. Nice. Could not move. And Kuno Gibson was not as effective. He's playing with an injured. He's still playing with that turf toe, which is a very painful injury, and he's not 100. percent McLaurin said his ankle's not 100. percent If that offense can't do anything, Tom Brady's gonna make gonna make this defense pay eventually. He's gonna he's gonna score. I just don't I understand the Washington hype. And I, I think I truly think the Giants and Washington are the futures of the NFC East. But that's not the point right now. They're not <laughs> ready yet. The Buccaneers are going to steamroll in this game and they're going to win by a few possessions. In my opinion. I agree. I think the Bucs are going to dominate this game. Alex Smith, as Jeremy said, I was literally going to bring that point up. This guy can't move. And when this pressure is going to come from a good defense, a solid NFL defense, he's not going to be able to take it. Remember, at the end of the day, this was a seven-win team. As much as you can rip on the Giants for being upset for six yeah, wins. they're not ready. Either. Seven wins. Seven wins, and their seventh win was on a team blowing the game in the fourth quarter. This is not that great of a football team. I love Gibson, and I love McLaurin, and I love McKissick. I think this I don't is love great. Me. I mean, okay, I don't love them because I'm a Giants fan, but these guys are good players and I respect them. But they're young and they're not ready for this game against the GOAT, this guy who takes wild card in division games like it's like it's an everyday thing. It's Tom Brady. This guy's been this guy's 40 something years old doing it still. And he he steamrolls through games like this. Tom Brady will do it. This offense, I expect to be putting on having a field day. Tom Brady will be winning this game by the third quarter. I believe his last wild card game ended in a pick six. If, I, did, if I'm mistaken. But that was against, I, the Tennessee Titans then were, are much better than the Washington football First team. All, I agree. I agree. Tom Brady's and football team last year. Tom Brady's football team last year was a whole lot different <laughs> than what he's dealing with this year. Last year, his top receiver was Harry. Now he's dealing with three or four receivers who are better than Harry. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just bringing up a fact. You say he's used to steamrolling, but hey, just, just, I, don't just think I think he's going to steamroll in this one. But well, Bruce Arians, like Bruce Arians isn't ta- Bruce Arians isn't even taking him lightly. I, I I thought the Bucks wouldn't even make the playoffs this year, but I was wrong. I would. I I, I, I thought they would make the wild card. That's what I. That's what I predicted. I think this team can sneak through this. Can very sneakily through go through this NFC and be a wild card and be a, and win, get into the Super Bowl. Very low key, though. I think that people thought that early on, but as the season went on, they saw this team struggle. They saw this team not be able to succeed. But I wouldn't. It wouldn't 
shock me if this team made a Super Bowl run because of who they're led by. And at the end of the day, they have the most weapons on offense and their defense is solid. This is this team should not be overlooked to not go to the Super Bowl because they can. I think they definitely can. All right, let's move quickly through these last three. Yeah. Ravens-Titans. This is the best game of the week, without a doubt. Titans. Next to the Browns and the Steelers, which we'll get to soon. Who do you go? We'll go Jeremy first. What do you think? Okay, this is. I'm, I think everybody's going to go against me here. And I understand uh, Derrick Henry is one of my favorite running backs in this league. Uh, he, my, he was on my fantasy team this year. We came, we came short in the finals in, our, in one of my leagues, me and Henry. But uh, I'm going to have to go with Baltimore. The Baltimore Ravens. I, look, I I understand why Tennessee beat them last year. Um, I think the Ravens are the most mature they've been in two years. Lamar Jackson is finally figuring out his identity. I know you want to hate on him because he doesn't throw the ball as much and he loves to run. But that's just what he does. That's the way the offense works. And it's very effective. J.K. Dobbins has been elite. And Gus Edwards has been very good as well. I, I think the Titans defense is just going to – they're going to tire up that Titans defense. And while Henry is going to be Eric Henry, they also have one of the best run stoppers in Brandon Williams up front, a nose tackle. So I, I just think the Ravens are going to be looking for some revenge here. I know the easy pick is to go to Tennessee because everybody loves the Titans. There's no reason not to like the Titans. I just think Baltimore is going to come out because they're going to play with some vengeance. I, I oh, It's so tough because I really love what Baltimore has been doing over the past month. They've really – Lamar Jackson has really – flipped the switch and matured into a really good quarterback, a quarterback that can take over any course of the game at any point. And we saw him do it multiple times. So I never coming into the show, I never really picked who I was going to win, but if I had to pick, I'm probably going to go with the Titans. And I think that's the safer pick, but I really wouldn't be shocked if the Ravens won this game. It's one of those games. Me and Jeremy just go, go through that a lot. It's like one of those games that I'm not shocked if the Ravens come out and really handle the Titans. The thing is, I don't know if you can handle the Titans. Can you handle Derrick Henry? This guy, when he gets into the second level, he's one of his, he's the best running back in football. I mean, even if he's not the best running back, period, when he gets into that second level, it's almost impossible to stop him. And he gets there so many times over and over. And every time these teams play, the Ravens are unable to stop Derrick Henry. And then it opens up the pass game, opens up big play opportunity for guys like Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. That's where it does. That's where yeah, you gl- you glitched there for a solid like four seconds. <laughs> oh my bad. Clay, Clay, before we get Clay, before we get Clay, before we get into your uh your point, I shift some Sixers news from Shams. The Sixers player the Sixers players positive PCR test was learned just after 8 p.m. on Thursday. He was removed from the arena within two minutes of the result after a negative rapid test earlier. Teams test teams test twice on game day, and the Sixers are going through standard protocol today. Yep. So I was gonna say that, but <laughs> but oh, uh, I stole it from you. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, either way, we got it out. We got it to the. We got it out on this package. We got it to the people. Um. So yeah, that's a that's like at least a better version of how I thought it went. I thought it was just one negative, and it's like, oh, here we go. But it's a positive, or it's a negative than a positive. But you know, going back to the Titans and Ravens, I wouldn't like like like. Like Ethan said, I would not be surprised if the Ravens come out with a win because it would be finally Lamar gets over that hump of winning a playoff game. But King 2K, like why why can't that be a thing? I King 2K, Derrick Henry, Henry 2000. Him. This guy had a this this was the most underrated thing to happen this year was that he ran for 2000 yards. He should be MVP. He should he should mm. Nah, not with Aaron Rodgers. Not with Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is Rodgers is balling out too much, and I think I, even Pat Mahomes is playing too well too much. But that's besides the point. I think, and the fact that they're the Titans are doing, and him and the Titans are doing this without Taylor Luan, their left tackle, is still insane. And I think that their defense is playing playing decent decent enough. And we already saw how they how that first game fared out. You know, they couldn't stop Henry that day, and he had that long, and he had the touchdown run to end it. So really. I'm I'm just gonna say that I think Lamar is gonna turn the ball over one too many times, and I think Tanhill is gonna game manage it just the way he always does. And the the new revamped or revive or how do you want to call it revamped career that he's established there in Tennessee. Um, and I think that you know AJ Brown and Corey Davis are gonna do their thing, and I think we might even see another John touchdown somewhere out of out of nowhere. Probably run the ball again for some reason. He couldn't have done that all throughout the rest of the season. You know, just keep running him, running the ball, and maybe he'll get touchdowns. I would have liked that for fantasy. But besides the point, I think that 
Yeah, I think that um, the Titans are just going to be too much for them, and I think they're going to come in um, a little ramped up and excited because they already beat them once. They know they can beat them, and I think they're going to ride Derrick Henry to the AFC Championship most likely. All right. Yeah. I think, yeah, so, all right, well, that's most of our points, I think. Last we, two. We got last two. So, last two games. <laughs> this is an easy one. Bears, this is, this is, this is Trubisky in the playoffs again. Nah. Didn't fare well last time. All right, I think we can all agree the Saints are just going to steamroll. Yeah. I think the Saints win this game. Michael Thomas should be back. Yeah, I think this game will be, like, close. Until we think in the, the half. And then in that third, well. yeah, and then that third quarter, Mitchell Trubisky is going to make a crucial mistake, and it's just going to snowball from there. I think the I think the, the yeah, Saints win by like 14 or especially against a team like the Saints who are just so so young and so electric on the defensive end that this is the, they they know how to handle a team like this and right. they will in my opinion. They should really be able to hold down the fort by themselves and move on to the next round. I don't think the Bears will win a playoff game. I don't think I think the Bears kind of just like snuck in and not really many people expected it. All of a sudden you're looking week 16 and 17. You're like, wow, the Bears are going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Like, I think it was about like that for a lot of people. So I do believe the Saints will win by ease. Anyone else thoughts? Yeah, no, I think it'll be closer than we think. It's just, look, Saints are, the Bears are not, are, they're eight and eight. <laughs> they're yeah, not, they're not, they're not necessarily that team. No. What we want. They're not necessarily the playoff team we think they are. So no. They have, they have too many we'll problems. Yeah. All right. We'll get on to the last game. This is a good game. Steelers-Browns. And this is the game that I think everybody wants to watch because no one likes the Steelers. And the Browns are in the playoffs since the first time since 2002. Look, I, I'm, I'm sorry for just interrupting and going first okay, here. I, 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 need to, I need to say this. There's, I, want, I like the Browns. There's no way they win this game. <laughs> they're, they're, Stefanski's not coaching. They have a bunch of – they have a lot of COVID problems. They, they've had it for weeks. They're missing players still. And the Steelers, they've won their last two games, and they're somewhat somewhat hot. I just, with the, If you don't have your head coach and you don't have your best offensive lineman, come on. Steelers are going to take advantage. They're going to win this game. I think they lose next round, but they're going to win this game. You know what, Clay, go, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something for a second. So, Clay, go first. So, okay. on the same boat, can't stand Pittsburgh. Like the Browns hype is cool because I I, I I did not like how everybody always kept doubting on Baker. And I think he's finally putting a lot of people to rest, all the haters like to Baker. sleep. I like, I've always liked Baker. I liked him out of the draft a lot more than certain quarterbacks. I wanted the Giants to take him over Saquon if he was there, but he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't there. Um, So Jeremy's right. Not having their head coach and their best and their one of their offensive line starters is a big no, no is big. It'll hurt a lot. But the Steelers' offense has not been the same. They played well against the Colts to come back and win. But then they rested Big Ben last week and they lost. I think the Browns can come out and shock some people. I think Baker's going to put that chip on his shoulder and go out and ball out and win this game. You know, and I think they're going to prove it that we can do all of this without Odell. We can do all of this without a head coach. We can do all of this without an offensive lineman. But I think it'll be extremely hard. I respect that a ton. But I can also see the other side of it where the Steelers don't steamroll them, but they handle them. And it's just not, it's not, it's an easy win, but it's not like a blowout. If, if they run the football, there's no exactly. way that the Browns defense can do anything. No, but that's the other thing. They've, they haven't run the ball well, I like, don't know. It, which right. is just, it's an anomaly. I don't understand it. So, in my opinion, I'm going to result to a quarter, and the heads is going to be for the Browns, and the tails is going to be for oh, Pittsburgh because okay. this game could go either way. So, I'm basing this game off of a quarter. Caught it. Flip. Browns are going to win this game. Okay. I'm going to go on a small little rant right here, and I'm going to call out Colin Coward because I do not like what he's been doing. He has been – Colin, you can come on the show and – He hates Baker. I know. He hates Baker. He absolutely or he can, or hates he can him. Cut, or he can have me on his Colin Coward uh, – the Herd show. And I, yeah. I'll, 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 <laughs> your move, Colin Coward. Listen to this. You have consistently been putting it on Baker Mayfield uh, time in and time out. What are you doing? Dude, I'm in the middle of recording. I'll put down the I'll put down the social media. <laughs> I, I, I fucking hate my brother. Right. <laughs> We're definitely keeping that in the recording. Just, why don't you write about your brother instead of Colin Cowherd? He got the PS5 and he just throws it in my room, making a face at me. I almost should. 
If I didn't have COVID, Keith took him COVID. <laughs> I would have. If I didn't have COVID, I would have ran in there and tackled him. All right. Anyway, I'm sorry. Restart that and just edit it. Yeah. I'm calling out Colin Coward, and he can either come on under review and debate it with me, or I'll go on his show, The Herd, and do it. But you have been putting it on Baker Mayfield ever since this guy's got into the league. He just had a take earlier this week on The Herd saying that it doesn't matter that his head coach, who calls his plays, won't be there. There's no excuses, according to Colin Coward, for Baker Mayfield this no week. No excuses. I would think there's no <laughs> excuses for Baker Mayfield. And you know what The Herd, you know what he said on The Herd? He said, well, well, uh, Patrick Mahomes hasn't played with his left tackle for the past eight weeks. He's been fine. Well, this person hasn't played with this. It's totally different. It's a playoff game. It's the first time Baker Mayfield will ever be in Baker the Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> it's a big difference. And I think what Baker did this year was take the next step of being good to being a better quarterback in this league. And I'm, that didn't really make sense to the step part. But he went from being an average quarterback to being good. I'll say that. That makes more sense. He's a good quarterback in this league. He's proved that not only just every single Sunday, he's done it on the national stage when it matters the most. And that's what makes me very upset about Colin Coward. This guy doesn't give this guy a break. And I'm here giving Baker Mayfield a break. He's not playing with this. The guy who calls his plays for him and Colin Coward is like, oh, a good quarterback would overcome that. And, you know, I think Baker Mayfield does that. And I hope that he does that because I do not like the Steelers one. I think they're annoying. They're one and four. Annoying. Five games. The last five weeks of the season, they went one and four. I've always said that they're a one and done team, and I think that that will stand. I think the Browns take down the Steelers. A lot of people want to see it, and this team is so low key good defensively. They have stars up and down, and offensively, this is a stacked group with a stacked backfield. They need to take over this game. They need to be able to hold the football, really grind out the Steelers. Because when you make Ben Big Ben start throwing the ball down the field, we saw what happens. This guy. Is not a good passer anymore. He when it's not forced throwing the ball, really quick passes of ten to seven, seven to ten yards, and he forced to throw the ball more down the field. It's going to be trouble for the Steelers, and I think the Browns will win this game. And yeah, I called out Colin Coward. I think that's a very good conclusion to the episode. Honestly, that rant. All right. Whoa! No! No! Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! We got that. We you wanted some quick Super Bowl picks, didn't we? Oh yes. Oh yeah. I do want to announce sad news. I want to end the episode on sad on a sad note. So before we do the Super Bowl picks, Tommy was sort of passed away, former Dodgers manager. So condolences to his family. Rest in peace to him. Just wanted to make put that out there. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's go around one last time before we end this end this episode up. We got some. We, hey, hey, we got baseball. We got some baseball beef. You and I got to settle here, bud. Oh, Francisco Lindor. Yeah, let's let's. We, you can't forget about that either. You can't forget about that. You can't right, forget well, about Lindor. that. Well, well, we'll touch on it because we're a little over time. That's but fine. the Mets obviously made a trade. We'll just go around our thoughts on the trade. Why don't you go first, Clay? Well, I'm pissed. I'm very very pissed. <laughs> Not only you got Lindor, who is the best shortstop in the league, bar none. You got yes, he's Carlos. So much. You got. I don't care. I don't care. He's the best shortstop in the league, and you got him for dirt cheap. Like you give up four players, but I don't know who any of those are. I'd rather have Glaber Torres right now. No, I would rather have Francisco Lindor. And you literally also got Carlos Carrasco. Like, how does that happen? How does that happen? Like Cleveland just got so. That was they got so fleeced. They just did another classic Cleveland thing. What? The playoffs would look bad. What's one name? Are you are you out of your mind? For a team that had to rely on Batantis and David, or we don't make excuses because the, the, the I want the Mets to be good. Yankees haven't made one move and haven't even. I, we haven't re- I want them to resign DJ. They okay, are I'm anxious. I'm back. anxious. Wait, the New I'm York anxious. Yankees are going to sit back and wait. I'm anxious. Oh, the big brothers are sitting back and waiting while their little brothers are going out and making franchise changing trades and signing. Got to extend Lindor first. Extend Lindor first. They will. They will. They know exactly what they're you doing. You just said he was regressing and you want you say they got to extend him? They have to. The trade makes no sense if they don't extend Lindor. I'm calling a little, a little domino effect here. They're going to have to save money so to be able to extend Lindor, so they're not going to get Springer, and they're going to yeah. settle for somebody else. Yeah. And you know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? We're going we're gonna to resign Didi. We're going to resign Didi. We're going to resign JT, and we're going to go get Springer. And our outfield is going to be Harper, Springer, and McCutcheon. Clay was upset with me because in my my past, I, I, I like to, before the season starts, I like to make division predictions on Twitter. I picked the Phillies to win the division both years, the last two years, and they have not come close. So 
The Phillies are yeah. Pick them to be third or fourth this time, okay? <laughs> That's what we will be if we don't do any. If we don't make any changes, we're going to be third and fourth or fourth because the national like the Nationals are bad. The Nationals. Where are the Phillies? The Phillies are not in a good spot right now. The Nationals are awful. The Phillies. Is, the Marlins. I said. The Mar. No, the Marlins. Okay, I think we finished third or fourth depending on if the Marlins are are going to play as well as they did last year, or if those sixty games were just a hot stretch, and then and if you had a regular whole season, they just would have not they, made they, the playoffs. Do they still have Starling Marte? Yeah, they traded for him. I think. Yeah, he was under a. Mul- I think he was under a multi-year contract. But that's also what I hate about the MLB offseason. Like right now, everything looks awful for the Phillies. And really good for the Mets, but nothing is finished yet for this offseason. Like, there's so many players that haven't been signed or traded for or moved around yet. So I'm yeah, like, Mayhew, please come back. Lemayhu, can we can we steal you from New York, I bud? Swear, I swear, I swear, if he goes anywhere else, <laughs> like, gonna be broken. Odds if somebody pays him more. Sitting back and watching. I understand. Okay, I know we've we've gone over, but I don't understand how you have not given him whatever he wants. <laughs> Why? He's so good, and, and all he does is hit. Why? I'm under the exact same situation as you as the why we haven't given JT what he wants. You guys have to understand, both players are in the same situation. They're both like 30-something years old, especially for a catcher that's old for JT Real Muto. He, JT Real Muto may have played his best baseball already. There's mm. a slight chance that may be true. Also, DJ LeMahieu has played his best baseball. And I think that he's still one of the best hitters in the league, but the Yankees are but even you this guy. Back. Jeremy, Jeremy, you're saying you want to give this guy exactly what he wants. He wants yes. Five years, five years, a hundred million dollars. All of a sudden, with a franchise, he is paying this guy on a probably a regression contract. More of the money toward the end of the actually no, he'll probably want it early on. But twenty, so you're paying this guy for his final three years of his contract. He's going to be thirty five through thirty eight, and you want to you want this guy to be paid twenty million dollars. Gotta get him back. You are going to be so pissed that that gotta get him back. That has happened, especially when the game prioritize getting him back. Who else are you gonna sign? Who else in this free agency are you gonna sign? Jeremy, I think that money back, but you're saying you should give him exactly whatever he wants and whenever he wants. Yes, because he's proven that he's worth it because you need him these two seasons. The Yankees have a World Series window right now. Fine, Ellsbury was never this good. Ellsbury's never as good as Lemayhew's hitting was on the Yankees. What? Never. Ellsbury's hitting numbers on the Yankees were never as nearly as good as Lemayhew's. I know, and this contract will set up an Ellsbury 2.0. I, I disagree. And, and, and they weren't good when they signed Ellsbury. They're good when they're signing if they sign Lemayhew. And you and you have to take advantage of the World Series window you have. It's like Miguel Cabrera contract. I think. I think without a doubt. And they the Albert Pujols contract. In their lineup because if you took Lemayhew out of last year's lineup and the lineup before that, they wouldn't have made it nearly as far as they did. No. What? Giving them whatever he wants is not an option for the New York Yankees. They have a lot of money that they're going to need to play, pay, and giving it to a guy like Lemayhew at 32 years old is not the move. Unless they come out nowhere and sign Bauer, there's no excuse, in my opinion. That's, that's I'm done. Have, then you, all of a sudden, you're running out of money for Judge. You still have to pay that garbage contract for Giancarlo Stanton. You're going to have to pay Torres. You have a decision to make with Void. I think they need to trade Void right now because his trade value is the highest it gets. One year at a time. And, I can't do this much at once. All right. You know, we're getting on a ginormous rant. Thanks, Clay, for doing this. I was going to say that turned into a bigger argument that I thought was going to be between that's, me and Ethan, that's, that's but it kind of turned into you two. And I was just like, that's um, under review, like in okay. <laughs> but fun fact, uh, Remuto will turn 30 in March. But he is a he's he is not he is he is not your typical catcher. He's a freak of not okay, maybe not a freak of an athlete, but he's a heck of an athlete. Like this dude has done like done many sports in his life. Um, I know he like wrestled in high school. He did all this stuff um, in college too. He was really he's just an all around good athlete. Like he he runs the bases better than your typical catcher too. And I don't and he's only had last year was the first time he had. You know, a little bit of injury troubles, but it wasn't anything major. And he came back to play to battle through it in the end. Um, but really for this Phillies team, it all comes down to getting your bullpen fixed. And that first trade really helps out a lot from the for I can't I always struggle trying to pronounce his name, but we got him from the Rays. Alivardo is I think is how you pronounce it. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um but nevertheless, like that dude's got some oh, nasty Jose stuff. Alvarado, yeah. Yeah, Alvarado, yeah. yeah he's oh, got Jose Alvarado. He's got some pretty nasty stuff, and I think he'll help out the bullpen, but we need some more pieces. And so what? And what now? He's a left 
Yeah, which is huge because I don't think we had like I think we had like two yeah, lefties in the I entire was pitching staff. I look the summer every day whenever the Phillies would, would blow a lead with the bullpen. Just him, just Clay, just lose his mind about how the, the bullpen is incompetent. They can't do anything, dude. We were leading in forty-eight games of the sixty. I know of the sixty at some point, <laughs> and they were below five hundred. Like I like I I can't even like express like if JT even walks because of that, I don't even blame him. Like, I, I, I remember when the Yankees almost came back against the Phillies down eight in the ninth inning or the seventh inning, whichever one it was. Yes, and, and they scored six. Oh my god! And Mike Ford, Mike Ford just missed the pull in a game tying homer. That was insane. Yeah, we need a bullpen. That's what we need. We need a bullpen. Yeah. All right. Um, we, so. Yeah. Should we should we wrap up? Yeah, yeah, we should probably wrap up. But thank you all for our listening. Thank you for listening. It's a massive episode. Um, enjoy the rest of your week. Episode nineteen will be out next week. We'll be on more of a consistent basis. That's the last episode before we return. I'm assuming. We, yeah, we have we have like we'll, we'll have like one or two more on YouTube, and then we're probably going to return to college, and we'll keep the story updated because we don't know exactly what's going to happen. We'll probably follow social media. We'll we'll see. Anyway, stay tuned for our Twitter. Keep out for announcements, this and that. And thank you for all of our listeners, our consistent ones. We really appreciate you a lot. And have and thank you, Clay Thomas, for coming on. Hey, thank you guys for having me. And you know, follow got follow me guys on Broad and Patterson One Hundred and One. Uh, you know, we're going to, I, this is only my second episode. I'm trying to keep it up. Uh, work in school got heavy a lot recently. And now getting back into the groove of things, going to get this podcast going a lot more, a lot more Eagles, Phillies, Flyers, Sixers, Sixers and Flyers going heavy right now. You know, Flyers about to start, uh, Braun Patterson on Twitter. We're going to stop with the, the devils. Like they, you're not even going to, nah, all right. I can't even have an argument with you on the devils. Cause there's that, that trash. They're not, they're not good. <laughs> but yeah, I, I appreciate you guys for having me. And, um, this is a good, this is a good, uh, you know, mosh, mosh podcast here we had today. Absolutely. All right, everyone enjoy the rest of your week and goodbye. Peace. Lit. <laughs>